माई सेवन चौकराज एपिसोड थर्टी नाइन गॉड इज अ सर्कल हुटर इज एवरीवेयर हुफ्रेंस इज नो वेयर The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head, for thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers, and could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chakras, and now. Your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. Rise and grind, action takers. AJ here, and you are listening to my Seven Chakras, and I am charged up to bring you our featured guest for today, Sarah Doish. So, Sarah, are you ready to inspire? Yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, Sarah Doish is an author, teacher. psychotherapist and artist who focuses on creativity as a healing force she teaches people how to use their whole brain to reawaken their infinite power to change and heal so sara i've given our listeners a little intro so take about a minute and tell us more about yourself okay uh let me make it very simple i think the big umbrella is that i am a muse I am my own muse <laughs> and through my life I have been opening many people's realization about the big who they really are. So that is my big umbrella is is about creativity as a healing and awakening force. You've mentioned all the things I have done. I have written books and I have classes and art, but really that is the focus of everything I do. Uh the creativity, the chakra of course is the second chakra. So, I think that's enough for now about introducing what I do and who I am. I'm just a muse. <laughs> Well thank you for that wonderful introduction. So Sarah you are a professional who focuses on creativity as a healing force. So creativity comes from the Latin term creo to create or to make. So before we actually begin our show you have that opportunity to create that space of inspiration and flow using an inspirational quote of your choice. So Sarah what is your favorite inspirational quote and give us an example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life. Okay. This is my favorite quote because it is the biggest quote. This here it is. God God is a circle whose center is everywhere. Whose circumference is nowhere. And this means I relate this to who I am, the big who I am, the big who you are. we are a circle and our center is everywhere and there's no limit there's no boundary to us and this is what i'm learning and teaching i love the fact that you mentioned that god is a circle whose center is everywhere but the circumference the boundary or the limitation is nowhere 
And I think by extension of what you said, God, some people say that people have God within themselves. So by extension, we have no limitations, no boundaries, and we can literally achieve the life of our dreams. So Sarah, do you like hanging out in nature once in a while? Hanging out in nature? Mm-hmm. I'm in nature right now. I'm in a beautiful place, very green. It's the dark time of the year here in Oregon. Mm -hmm. uh, and all I have to do is look out of my window. There are flocks and flocks of birds. They're just huge flocks that swarm all over the place now. So I, I feel like I'm always in nature. Wonderful. So let's imagine that you're conducting a creativity workshop somewhere out in nature and someone asks you, Sarah, what is the main focus at this point in your life? What would you tell them? The main focus of my life is, I, th I think I've already expressed it. I am uh, <laughs> creativity, the infinite reality that I have to tune in. I forget. I forget, like most of us, we sometimes get trapped in a tiny chapter of our life. We don't remember what we, what we, our consciousness as children. Children experience their infinite creativity. They are not worried about criticism, at least in, in <laughs> I hope they are not. So, you know, sometimes we do run into that, but before that happens, we have infinite power to create and play and imagine. Uh, someone once said, uh, he said that our brains have the power of making more connections than all the atoms in the entire universe. That means that our brains are inf are, are inf can be, if we know how to use them, infinitely creative. And it was Buzan, who, who had that, who said that. Mm -hmm. Tony Buzan, yes. So I completely agree with what you said, that children have infinite creativity, and also they have no limits to what is possible, because they never take no for an answer. <laughs> and since we're coming towards Christmas, I'm sure a lot of parents can experience that firsthand when the child wants a gift or a toy, but will never take no for an answer. And that's something special about kids, which I think adults have forgotten. So with that thought, let's dive in. So Sarah, how can creativity heal us? I will give you an example. Uh, well, I have so many examples. It's, it's difficult for me to choose. But okay, uh, in one of my classes, what I do is that I teach methods of using our whole brain. For example, mind mapping is an incredibly powerful uh, technique to use because it involves every part of you. It involves the verbal, the analytical, the metaphorical, the intuitive, every part of our infinite uh, brain is used and if you practice this for just five minutes a day if you set a timer put a word in the middle of a page something you want to know about 
Uh, it could be mother. It could be father. It could be anger. It could be project. It could be anything that you want to use. It, it's, it's a way, it's like a search engine. But instead of using the computer, you're using your layered infinite potential mind. And in, you put the word in, and I always have students think of their uh, senses. It's very important. Like children are using their senses when they're in this perfectly open place of creativity. And we have to go back to that. So, for example, if you chose a favorite color, and you, for a moment you contemplated that color and breathed it in and closed your eyes and said, what is the taste of blue? What is the sound of blue? What memories do I have related? What people remind me of blue? What tastes? And you go on and you start uh, connecting all these things together. And then in five minutes, you have this map and you can write a beautiful poem. And that's, <laughs> this is an example of just how using your whole brain can illuminate almost anything you want to know about. And as you practice it every day, you can write chapters of your book in five minutes. That's what I've done. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds really exciting. You mentioned mind mapping in which you put the word in and then you tap into the infinite mind and then you use your senses. You actually use it by asking insightful questions to actually stimulate that multi-sensory experience, as you put it, and very wonderfully described it, which then leads to the creation of a map. And that's that's really a big potential. Now, we've grown up learning that a person is either right-brained, that is more creative or intuitive, or left-brained, which is organized and systematic. But you teach people to use their whole brain to remember who they are and access that infinite intelligence, that deep healing intelligence. Now, this seems like a bit of a challenge to overcome for an individual, right? How do you go about that? Our culture also needs to change because I do a lot of work with children, for example, who can't function in a linear, who don't want to function in a linear way. Mm -hmm. Their minds are filled, their imagination is soaring, and they see all these wonderful movies and multi-dimensional media things. They're not going to stick with this linear old way of teaching. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to, to teach them again, to remind them again, and to give them techniques where they can use their full intelligence. I forgot what you started with. I'm not sure I answered your question, but go ahead. Just to restate, what I was trying to say was, uh, and that is in line with what you're saying right now is, obviously a child's mind is soaring, a child's imagination is soaring, and they will not stick to the traditional linear way of thinking. And that teachers or parents need to realize that and find ways to tap into that child's potential. But what about those children who had that potential maybe 18 to 20 years back and now they have, because of culture, grown to think that they're either left-brained or right-brained. Right. And then you come in telling them that they can actually use their whole brain to remember who they are. So that seems like a challenge, isn't it? Once a person is used to uh, thinking in one way or one pattern because of society probably yeah how do you go about overcoming that challenge it is not 
difficult if they are motivated. Mm-hmm. People in my classes, for I'll give you another example. People in my classes, I was lucky to teach at a wonderful emeritus college in Marin, California for 12 years. And I developed these techniques of five-minute muses where we did all these magical things just by focusing our mind and relaxing deeply at the same time. And people, no matter whether they thought they were linear or they thought they were intuitive, whatever, these techniques work immediately if they're willing to do them. So that is the big issue. There are some people who, in this lifetime, they're totally obsessed with the material world and that's what they need to do and they will probably not be practicing uh, creative meditations that I teach but if they change their mind and they're cre- they're curious boy okay the example I'll just tell you this example quickly I first started teaching free flow writing which is something not very new. People have done it, writers have done it for generations. Uh, What you do is set a timer for five minutes. That's very important because that sends the critic away. You don't have time to criticize and edit. You set a timer. You write as fast as you can without stopping. You can't stop for five minutes. If you do that, amazing things will happen. You will break through your linear, narrow, little, ordinary mind. And this man who had been an engineer mm-hmm. for, he was like 60, and he had been an engineer all his life. And talk about a left brain engineering kind of person. Uh, we wrote for five minutes without stopping. And at the end of that time, the bell rang. He stood up and he said, Oh, my God, what is this? (laughs) And he had written a three-page poem about what is reality, what is life, who am I, what is this all about? (laughs) And that's, uh, he did it immediately. He, He was like trapped in one room of his mansion until he used his whole brain and had a breakthrough and realized how much more he was. So there you go, action takers. I think what Sara is trying to say is it's important to follow through. If you want to do something, if you want to see the results, and if you have seen other people seeing the results, then remember that it's possible, but you need to follow through. You need to do the exercises. You need to do the homework. Only then can you see results. It's possible, but you need to follow through. Now, Sarah, I've read about your five-minute magic technique where you use whole brain tools. And you've spoken about uh, one or two tools uh, just before this. What is the speciality of these tools that gives results in just five minutes while other techniques, conventional techniques, sometimes takes hours and sometimes even days? So why five minutes? Okay. This is about, uh, and I would like to offer this to people who are interested as they listen. This is about Sending your critic on vacation. This is what stifles us, is that somehow we were trained out of that wonderful period of infinite creativity as children. Who knows? We had children. We had, I mean, we had teachers. We had parents 
who criticized us or who made us feel like we were wrong and that we couldn't just explore and play. Play is the most important thing. It's not about discipline. The discipline is only setting a timer and creating a time every day, whether you're sick, whether you're well, whether you have company, whether you're busy, do five minutes of playing every single day. That is the important thing. So, uh, now I've, I've got, so anyway, that, it's really, it's about enjoying it. It's not just, just about forcing yourself to do something. Because if you were to play, say, for, I, I have a book about creative meditation that gives all kinds of wonderful ideas. You can do it with inks. You could put spots of ink on a page. Do it very quickly because five minutes is all you get. You know, and, and, and you will start seeing something in your ink blood and you can bring it out. And if you play every day, you can do it with writing. The book I was starting to talk about is called Send Your Critic on Vacation. It's, called, it's, it's about five minute magic for writers. So that's all you need to do is set the discipline is setting five minutes, but the play is what relates to the second chakra. And the going back and enjoying and discovering what is this amazing thing we're involved in? What is this about? Opening to the magic of it. Mm-hmm. I love that you say that it's important to send your critic, your inner critic, on a vacation and learn to begin to play once again. And not only that, not only just play for just one session of five minutes but make it a discipline make it a lifestyle so in a way it seems like you're exercising your creative mind just like you work out your body at the gym every day you're working out your mind your creative mind in these five minutes on a consistent basis and i guess over a period of time your results improve and like the example you shared earlier you will be surprised in many occasions. Now, in line with what you mentioned earlier, in my opinion, one of the most creative individuals these days are children because they know no limitations. They can paint, draw, color, sketch. But over the years, something changes. Something changes within that particular child. People begin classifying themselves, uh, as I shared earlier, as systematic or creative. Since you're a college teacher and you've spent years in psychology, what change happens in that child's mind. Again, there are people who who seem to need to develop in one direction more than others. I've had both. I, I was a scientist for many years before I uh, I am now trying to integrate all parts of my life, which is why it's very important to tell your story, to know all the different. We forget certain parts of our life because I was pretty linear at one time. I kept trying to finish my PhD and realized I couldn't do it. I, I just It just didn't fit me. It didn't feel right. That's why I ran away to India, as a matter of fact, and mm. let myself really explore realms that I never... I, I lived on something like $500 for two years in India mm-hmm. this long time ago, but the adventures that I've allowed, I, I know I'm kind of all over the place now, but it will all come together. When you do a mind map, everything, that's, a, that's the beauty about a mind map, is that everything is connected. 
So even if we feel like we're going off the track and our critic says, what are you doing? You're not on this focus. But even so, it's always connected. <laughs> so, yes, the one thing I wanted to, to continue very briefly is that the way we send our critic on vacation, we must do things quickly. For example, if we have a block writing, set a timer for five minutes, force yourself to start, and just write as fast as you can. You can't stop. You can't think. You can write random words if you want. This is what breaks through the habitual constriction of our mind. And when we jog it like that, that's what breaks through and allows us to have all of ourselves, not just the left or the right, but the depth of it, left and right is just a tiny bit of it. There's also infinite depth of all the different vertical layers of who we are. Now, for a school teacher or a parent who's listening to the show right now, what can he or she do to keep the flame of creativity burning in these kids? What is that one action that you would recommend that this person implement immediately to ensure that uh, the child's creativity is, in fact, encouraged? Yeah, well, okay, letting go of some of the linear things we do in classes in schools and allowing play. That's the important thing. Children play like animals play is everything, the play that little puppies do and cats and all animals do, teaches them what they need to do in their life. And play is, is so important, so allow for play and have them rewarded and, and praised for their imagination rather than just memorization and uh, and the kind of things that we've, we've in, you know, focused on in the past. I love that you mentioned that it's important to allow these children to play because this allows them to be in their natural environment, the natural environment in which they learn. And by rewarding them from time to time uh, gives them a signal that the parents or the teachers are encouraging them to use their imaginations, use their creativity, and this, I'm sure, would uh, increase uh, their use of creativity as well. Now, you're a teacher, an author, psychotherapist, an artist who focuses on creativity as a spiritual awakening force. So what were you doing before before this? I was always doing it. <laughs> I was, yeah, when I was a child, I, I was alone. I think part of it is that I was really very, very alone, and I had to entertain myself. I had to educate myself. I had inner guides, I guess. I, I don't like to use all these lingos, but I had, from the very beginning, I was mystified by this world and how strange it was and how everybody just accepted it and went along with it, and I was just constantly in a state of wonder. So I grew up like that, and I didn't fit anywhere. I tried to do many things. I, I went to graduate school for many years. I was in East-West psychology. I, I always was attracted to bridges, and I was psychobiology. I was one of the first people who was involved in mind-body kind of research, 
I even put electrodes on my head and meditated, and I discovered all kinds of things. So I guess I have always been in in this place, and I haven't been able to fit very well into the world. So I've had to create my own uh, techniques and ideas and books and even fiction. I've started to write fiction now. So I don't see anything I was doing before. It was all, It's all part of one big education that I am getting. <laughs> you mentioned that at one point you were alone, but instead of just accepting that situation, you decided to take action. You decided to entertain yourself, to educate yourself, and uh, to learn about so many things. And in fact, you mentioned that you were one of the first people to actually get into mind-body and into meditation and health and well-being. In other words, action takers, there might be a situation where we as individuals don't really fit into conventional or traditional society, but don't look at that as a limitation. Look at that as an opportunity to learn more about yourself and the world around you. And that way, you can use your apparent challenge or your apparent limitation as a strength to push forward just like a lotus does in a marshy pond. That was really well said. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Now, my question is, let's say a person has decided to tap into his or her creative force by pursuing your course called uh, Creative Autobiography. What are certain benefits that this person could obtain? Now, if you could break these benefits down into short-term and then long-term benefits as well. Okay, short, what are the benefits? Well, there's, there are many different books. I have 10 books. So, But in general, though you want specific things, the first thing, what we've been talking about, they will learn how to access their whole brain in very quick, fun ways. Uh, that's an important thing. They will learn how to solve problems intuitively by knowing so much more about themselves the big the, i think the very biggest thing of all is who capital w capital h capital o the who the big who we are in any of these courses they will be very surprised at how quickly they reawaken that infinite creativity that they may have forgotten. Some of these exercises I call going on a blind date with your infinite unknown self. So these are, I could go on about this for a long time, but I think that's the basic. That is what they would receive through this kind of work. Mm -hmm. I noted that you mentioned that the people can learn the creativity that they have forgotten. In other words, relearn that creativity that they might have forgotten and not just learn it. And that points to the fact that you mentioned that children are inherently creative. It's just that because of society, because of certain practices that they embark on uh, as adolescents, as adults, that they forget certain parts of their creativity. But through these exercises, they can relearn the creativity that they have forgotten. Right. Right. And they will also, the projects that you can develop, even though creative autobiography is really about telling your story, you can use these techniques. For example, 
mind mapping, free flow writing, drawing with your non-preferred hand. All of these things can be can be used for anything you want to do or develop. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sarah, you've been in this field for over 25 years and you've empowered thousands of individuals around the world. What is your most inspiring client or student success story till date? Okay. Well, I mentioned the one about the engineer. That was a very surprising thing. Uh, let me, I'll, I have, okay, another one that comes to mind is uh, a man who was in uh, Jap- that he was he's Japanese and he was in a prison camp in the concentration camp that that we did to people during the war and he was mm-hmm. tormented for many many years about the propaganda and he felt so stifled his feeling his emotions he was so trapped even though he was decades beyond this experience. And in my class, using the techniques I described, free flow writing, where you write as fast as you can, you have no idea what you're writing about, you let it emerge from the deep wisdom inside because you're doing it so fast, your critic is out of the way. He did that, and almost immediately he started crying. And all of this dark deep stuff that he'd been carrying for years left him just through that process and he said that uh, it was as if a great weight a burden had been lifted from him and of course there are many many examples of that I, I also work with psychotherapy and hypnotherapy and letting our emotions out but doing it with the with some of these creative tools these are ways we can do ourselves. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that remarkable story. It's really amazing to note how as soon as he did those exercises, within about five minutes, all those deep and dark memories, that pressure that had collected all throughout these years were just lifted. And I'm sure he experienced that immediate release and that uh, he felt much more content uh, as a result of doing that. Is that correct? Yeah, and I think it was also, I mean, this happens working when I work with individuals. With therapy, it works that way, even though we're not using writing or drawing or anything. But I think having the class around him, my classes are very supportive. And I think another one of my major interests is collaboration and working together to make our lives so much richer and deep is so collaboration and having the class around him i think really helped him with that release Mm -hmm. well thanks a lot for that we have now reached the health tip round so share with us your favorite health tip for the benefit of our audience a simple tip that can be immediately implemented well i would suggest a creative sanctuary If you can make a corner of your house, if you can find a place where you remove everything that limits you, just a little corner. And you might want to have a box of toys, colored pens and collage materials and just a box of things to play with. 
I would recommend ha creating this creative sanctuary, <laughs> creating the sanctuary for yourself, and playing every day. I, that's that's one of my biggest tips, and having fun. Creative sanctuary. I love that. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now there are no great people in the world. Only great challenges which ordinary people rise. to meet now this is a powerful thought by william frederick halsey junior and with this we begin the challenge round so sarah tell us about a time when you faced a major challenge or barrier take us to that moment what were some of the obstacles in front of you and then how did you overcome that challenge <laughs> okay well this is an obvious major challenge and it took place in india and i was dying of hepatitis i mean talk about a major challenge i had been all over the place eating everything walking through everything in sandals and i felt invulnerable but then i could tell i was losing it i think that came first i was kind of getting a little confused and i ate something i had been told not to eat and immediately i was knocked flat I was I lost something like 40 pounds in 2 weeks. I was so sick. Not only that, but I I needed to get to a hospital. Here I was. I didn't speak the language. I'd lived in Nepal and knew 10 words which which helped me a lot, but I was in India. I was in a very I ended up in a very poor hospital that had no windows. And here I was lying there like a skeleton. and they they put sugar in my veins and uh again it was so poor that there was there were no windows and every day a vulture flew in and perched on the door and waited for me and in that situation i tell you when you're in a near death or a death experience i can't even find words to tell you but <sighs> I struggled for a while. I couldn't eat anything because fruit was all I could eat and it was too expensive. And the nurses even brought me fruit because they felt so sorry for me. And then one day I just left. I said this is it. I can't go on anymore. Nobody knew where I was. I had no money to get back and I went through letting go, letting go and letting go. Ha. <sighs> and then i realized i couldn't really let go i wanted i was ready i thought to die but i heard a warning and the voice said is she coming is she coming to take care of the child the child still there but but the motor is dying and i first i didn't understand it and i wanted to ignore it but finally i came to that place life or death and i had to make a decision and i struggled part of me did not want to come back and part of me did and it seemed like uh there was no time it was either an infinite time or no time and finally i was so desperately weary and of the struggle and i reached without knowing i reached up up i just reached not with my body but with my spirit and all of a sudden the fingers on my left hand started twitching 
And that was the only way I could get back into my body. So this experience, uh, you can imagine that having an experience like that where you came back from death, can you imagine now, I'm, I have challenges right now. I'm having, you know, I moved to a new place and all kinds of things are not as wonderful as they could be. But when I remember that experience and how I transcended it and came back from the most difficult thing I have ever known, then I can apply it to the present. And that is why it's very important. Not everybody has stories as dramatic as I do, but everyone has stories full of their wisdom. And that's why it's so important to tell your own story, to know thyself. Mm-hmm. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson you would want our listeners to take away from your story? Well, (laughs) I don't know. I think that's a pretty good one. But a life lesson? Um, um, I guess the main one is just to open up to a bigger reality than you think there is. See, just, just to... Remember as much as you can that your brain is wired for an infinite mind. You know, just to remember that is enough. I try to remember that every day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing this inspiring story with us. I know it's never easy to go back in time to a moment of a challenge or a pain But because you did, our listeners have one more reason to not give up in a moment of a challenging situation or when they face a barrier. And with that, we are now moving on to the next portion of our show, which is called the True Calling Round, where our guests share stories about finding their true calling and mission on this earth. So Dr. Wayne Dyer once said, if you know with a complete absence of doubt that what you are doing is consistent with your own purpose and that you are involved in accomplishing a great affair, then you are at peace with yourself and in harmony with your own heroic mission. So my question to you, Sarah, is have you found your calling? And if yes, what is your calling? Well, as I mentioned before, I think my calling just found me. It was there from the very beginning when I was a child because I lived in a world where I was, where the infinite creativity came through to me because I wasn't doing anything else. That is what I was doing. (laughs) So I think all of my life, even strange parts of it, like I studied rhesus monkeys. I was in primate social behavior for many years. I mean, all these very strange things Somehow they create, it's like when I paint, I don't decide what I'm going to paint. I start playing and things happen. And then other things happen. And this is one of the reasons I love digital art so well is that you can do something, save it, change it, save it, change it, save it. So then you can make a movie about how it evolves. So this was my world. It wasn't so much about people. It was about the creativity that we are all one with. And so that was my calling, and it still is. 
So drawing upon your stories, your insights and your advice, life is about becoming the best version of yourself by taking a journey into your past to recover the buried treasures of your memories and cherishing each one of them until you discover your life's true calling. So what is that one moment, that one moment that you could share with our listeners beyond which you knew without a doubt that this is what you were meant to do? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, there were a little, I don't know, one moment. I'm trying to think of one moment. Um, hmm. I was in a very wonderful class. There's a place called California Institute of Integral Studies, and I had a wonderful teacher named Angelus Arian, who's now departed. Her field was also creativity, although she did it in a very different way than I evolved my processes. But... She validated me in a way all the time. I felt that that's who I was. I was this muse. And she she validated that for me. So I think that was an important moment. But all along, I was knowing that. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that moment with us. That is indeed inspiring. And with that, we have reached the wisdom round during which I will ask you a series of questions and you will respond with bite-sized portions of wisdom. So are you ready? I'm try- I'll am i try to be bite-sized. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the best advice you have ever received? I guess let go, let God. So great habits can change your life. So what is that one personal habit that has transformed your life over the years? Well, I as I mentioned, five minutes a day of play it could five minutes a day of play i'll just say it again play (laughs) so could you describe your morning ritual what does the first two hours of your day look like i'm sitting i'm a digital artist i'm sitting at my computer playing or i'm writing and i do that five minutes to begin with and sometimes it goes on for two hours and leads to something that I wasn't even sure I was going to do. Mm -hmm. Now, reading a book can be transformational. So if you could recommend one book that changed your life, what would it be? It's very hard for me. Several came up. My favorite book of all time is called The Illuminated Rumi. And Rumi, of course, is a wonderful uh, mystical poet. So that's my favorite of all time. Can I mention a couple more? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay. One of them that might uh, inspire the listeners, it's called Your Mythic Journey, Finding Meaning in Your Life Through Writing and Storytelling. Your Mythic Journey. And the last one I'll quickly mention is called The Power of Your Other Hand, A Course in Channeling the Inner Wisdom of the Right Brain. So action takers, you can find links to all the resources that we discuss about in the show notes. So Sarah, it was fantastic talking to you today. Our listeners have learned one more technique that can change their lives. But before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for today. Tell us the best way we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah. Well, I'm really grateful for this show because it was fun. It made me really think. And I'm, I'm grateful to meet you. Well, I am creating a website now, a new website, 
that will be published very soon. It's just my name, saradeutsch.com, and it's going to be a creative sanctuary to share with other people. And I, if you connect with me there, I have a free ebook, the Send Your Critic on Vacation. And I also have a little five-minute exercise where you can get in touch with your life purpose very quickly. So there you go, listeners. The website is www.saradeautsch.com. So head on over to that website and access the wisdom that is going to be listed uh, would you be also having articles, Sarah? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm again, it's in a very beginning state. I'm gathering lots and lots of information, putting it all together. So it's going to be in not the most wonderful, perfect, refined state, but it will be there, and I want to hear from you. Thank you. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that link. And all I can say is that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So I'm glad that you're giving us access to that website, irrespective of whether it's fully complete or whether it's just a beginning. Because to be honest, this is the beginning for our thousands of listeners who are listening to this episode right now and being inspired and are ready to take that action to use that creativity to access the infinite potential and become uh, the creative beings that they were destined to be. Uh, Sarah, thanks for showering us with your wisdom and taking our listeners one step closer to a human revolution. And thank you. You were listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.